0: Hey there, Schmodown fans! It is episode number 36 of Talkin' Schmodown. I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to talk about a couple of fantastic matches this week. We had two great number one contender matches uh, in the Star Wars League and in the Inner Geekdom League. So, uh, I, man, I am so pumped to get into all this. We have a whole lot of other stuff to talk about as well. So... Let's get ready to talk Schmodown. Let's get ready to Schmodown. All right, everybody. I hope you guys are excited. Thank you again for joining me this week on Talking Schmodown. Be sure to head over to Twitter. Follow me uh, over there at Movie Blog I post all kinds of stuff all the time. You can follow all of the going on with the podcast, the various different podcasts that we have going on on this network. Uh, Also, be sure to check us out on Anchor. You can actually uh, hop on there and leave us a voice message if you'd like. Uh, If you've got a question or a comment that you'd like heard on air, please do so. And uh, something new that we're going to start doing. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you leave us a five-star review, I will read that review on air. Uh, if it's for one of the other shows, I'll make sure it gets read on air over there. So, now that we got all that out of the way, let's get into things. Uh, I'm going to start off a little bit of news. Comes, uh, some stuff kind of outside of the matches that is going on in the world of the Schmodown. Uh, first off... Uh, By the time you're listening to this episode, SEN, the official uh, Schmodown Entertainment Network, will have launched. Launched on November 4th with uh, a whole bunch of new uh, programming coming, especially SEN Live, which is going to be a fantastic show, I'm sure. Uh, And we have a an after show uh, for that one that will be starting uh, at the end of this week called SEN After Live. Uh, you know we're following through with the with the uh, afterlife brand, so be sure to also check that out. Uh, Chris, you know Christian's doing big things over there. He's got a whole lot of great people, uh, and he really wants to build this Schmodown brand, not just with the trivia, but as a network. And uh, I, I'm all for that. I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. Also, if you are a patron uh, of the movie trivia Schmodown, a new player profile has dropped. Uh, and this one is all about Paul Preston, the powder keg himself. So be sure to go over there and check that out. It's about five or six minutes long. Uh, it's you know it's pretty cool. It goes right through his career. I mean, he's only been here for you know during this season, so it's it's pretty short. But it really gets into uh, into his career and everything. And uh, it also provides a link to the GoFundMe, which I will also be putting in the show notes of this podcast, the GoFundMe for his wife. Uh, Karen who uh, has cancer right now and you know they're battling that so if you can donate please do so uh, they're also selling uh, Karen's army t-shirts uh, to go toward this uh, I, I picked up a shirt yesterday they're pretty they're pretty sweet I, I, I gotta say so definitely if you're if you're able to spare please do so again that link to the goFundMe will be uh, in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, The second horror match, the exhibition match, has officially dropped as well. It's up on Patreon for the $10 and up patrons, and uh, I believe we'll go down to the $5 and up patrons uh, starting on, uh, I believe, I want to say Wednesday is when that will happen. Uh, So this match uh, has horror director Mike Mendez as well as William Bibiani, Whitney Seibold, and Video Drew uh, competing in this fatal four way. Uh, on the desk, we had uh, Mark Ellis and uh, Mark draco and Rachel Cushing. So, it's it real good stuff. So, be sure to check that out. Uh, I, my plans are to do a special episode for that match. So, keep an eye out for that. Uh, the last little bit of news is that uh, tickets have officially gone on sale. For the Brooklyn Live show, which will be the kickoff for season seven, which will take place on January 25th, uh, I recently got my VIP tickets for that. This will be my very first live show, and I am super, super excited for it. Uh, I was finally able to kind of put together the money to, you know, get the hotel, to get the train out to New York, uh, get the ticket itself. So it's going to cost a little bit, but it's something that I really wanted to do. And being able to go to the kickoff for the season—that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and uh, as we get into things, uh, I'll, you know, I'll go over all the like the opening scenes, all the cut, you know the cutscenes and everything that they do. Um, and during the fir- very first one, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, it's revealed who will be at, at least one of the people who will be at that uh, show, and that person is Mara Kanopic. She will be getting her uh, much-deserved title shot for the Inner Geekdom, uh, but as I said, I will get into how that all came to be in just a few moments. But first, I would like uh, for you guys to stick around and check out a clip from uh, an interview with none other than John the Outlaw Roca, one half of the current Schmodown team's champions. Uh, They had him on After Live this past weekend. It was a fantastic interview. Uh, So I'm gonna play a little clip of that, and you guys can head on over to the uh, episode of After Live. It was episode 37 uh, of the After Live podcast to get the full interview over there. So uh, enjoy this clip. So obviously, I'll know you from the Schmodown. So I have a question. Sure. Do you think that you perform better when you are at a live event in front of a live crowd or when y'all record them in the studio? Oh, I think I perform better at a live event, uh, hands down. Really? Awesome. Uh, I love feeding off the crowd. Um, And I think I'm good with a crowd in situations like that. Oh, for sure. Um, The the free-for-all notwithstanding, because that's technically my only loss at a live event, I think. And so if i can even call that a lot um but i perform well at live events i just like it i like the vibe of it i feel at home on the stage because having been an actor already um all of it plus it's the closest i'll get to professional wrestling without being in professional wrestling so it just clicks all it checks all the boxes for me personally Probably less likely to get like a broken bone or something than <laughs> <a> professional <laughs> wrestling. Right. I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, uh, just stay out of Texas, and you'll be all right. Uh, or, stay of, or stay out of Andrew Guy's way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, like I said, be sure to go over uh, and check out After Live episode number uh, 37 with uh, John Roca as the guest uh, for the interview, and get that full. Interview. It was, it was a great one. So be sure to check that out. Alright, so we're going to hop into match number one. We had Andrew the Hunter de Melanta versus Laura the Luminesque Kelly in a Star Wars number one contender match. The winner of this match will go on to face uh, the current Star Wars champion, Alex Damon, at the Spectacular next month. So we had the opening scene. Now, this is what I was talking about before. Uh, about the whole Mara Canopic thing. So opening scene. Emma Fife is in her office talking about uh, needing to get a hold of Mara. and then the camera slowly pans over to the door. And then we notice next to the door, behind a curtain, there's a pair of sneakers sticking out. And then Mara just pops out of nowhere. Well, I guess it's not really nowhere. She pops out from behind a curtain. Uh, and they talk about her promised title shot a bit. Emma offers her, she offers her the title shot. During the opening live event at the 2020, uh, in in 2020 at, the, at Brooklyn, that uh, opening show live event, Mara is a little hesitant, but then Emma throws in some free pizza, some drinks, and of course, Cinna and that clinches the deal. Uh, so she Mara agrees, and she will be at the Brooklyn live show to open up season seven. After she agrees, she uh, says that uh, she'll see Emma at her place later on. And goes and hides back behind the curtain. I I gotta say, all of the stuff they've been doing with Mara ever since she came back, you know, h- hiding in cupboards and stalking Robert Mar- Meyer Burnett, and now Emma Fife. I have absolutely loved all of this. Uh, this part of the storyline has been fascinating to me. I love Mara. Uh, she's got this like weird dry humor that I, I it just really connects to me. And it really makes me, it's like this weird, awkwardly dry humor. And I love every single time that uh, that they, they do a promo like this with her. Um, and, and this one, this one was great. I, I I couldn't, I don't know, it's just the way she, she delivers lines and things, the way she talks to Emma, uh, and the way she, she kind of presents herself, I guess, as this kind of like, kind of weird person. I love it. And I got to say, I am pumped. That my very first live show is going to be her going back for the title. I cannot wait. Uh, this, this is super, super exciting. Alright, so we're going to get into the match. Uh, we have the classic desk of Christian and Mark. Always good to see that. And then so out first was Laura Kelly with her uh, new manager and fellow Force Toast co-host, Alice. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know Alice's last name couldn't find it i'm sure it's out there somewhere but uh alice and uh, laura they they uh they do the force toast podcast uh all about star wars and everything so uh if you guys are interested go and check out their uh podcast uh they were followed by andrew de who uh does this really awesome star wars entrance where he's at his home realizes that he's running late hops in an X-Wing and flies, uh, flies to, to Los Angeles. You know, you see him out in space and stuff. It was really cool. It was actually a really, uh, really cool uh, uh, special effects that they were doing. Um, I don't know how much that cost, but I got to say, I loved it. And I hope that they do more stuff like that. All right, so now we are going to get into round number one. This was a nail-biter of a round, I got to say. These two are just... Beasts at Star Wars trivia, uh, and, and when you when you're up against people like that, and I mean, if if you're gonna go up against someone like Alex Damon, you gotta be a beast at this Star Wars trivia. Otherwise, you got no chance. And when you're up against someone who's like this, every single point matters. You don't want to make any mistakes. And unfortunately for Andrew. Halfway through his first through round one, he started making mistakes. Uh, It was, I believe, question number seven, and Andrew makes the mistake of only writing 725, where when the answer was 725 to one. So you had to have that to one in there for it to be correct. Unfortunately, he did not. He did. He knew the answer because he held up the whiteboard and he says 725 to one. But he didn't write it down, so he's not given the point. And that's where it all starts. Uh, then we get to the final question. Uh, Laura answers uh, a vial of refined hyperfuel. Whereas Andrew answers coaxium. And they, at first they weren't going to give her the point she challenged, which, you know what, great, that's what they're there for. You absolutely should do that. And what she claims is that That they are the same thing. That coaxium and a vial of uh, refined hyperfuel are the same thing. So you know they deliberated. They you know did a little research and they decided that yes, either uh, either answer works. And so the challenge was upheld. And with this, because of this challenge, because of uh, you know fighting for this point and making sure she got that point, she got herself a perfect round here. Went on to nail her bonus question, ending round one two points in the lead, eleven to nine. So this was she is a monster. I gotta say, man, it's it's wild to see. She did fantastic during that five-way. I believe it was. Uh, I, th- I believe it was. At, it was either a celebration or it was at uh, like a, a comic con or something. Um, and she she was a beast. She was just blowing people out of the water. And unfortunately, it's just. You know, at the very end, she wasn't able to capitalize that time. Uh, But here, dominated this round, perfect round, gets that bonus question, and that is exactly where you want to be, and that's the kind of player that you need to be if you're going to go up against someone like Alex Damon. Uh, Andrew's flub wound up costing him two points as he wasn't able to, you know, go in and answer that uh, that that bonus question, which he honestly probably would have would have gotten. So you know who knows what would happen if he had if he had done that, but if he'd been able to get that, but uh, you know, it, it happens. So we get into round two. Laura defers, uh, and Andrew spins. The Force Awakens, great movie, I love it. He decides mm, he's not feeling it, so he respins and lands on Solo. Now here I was a little bit worried uh, about this because you know Solo. It's it's a bit newer, so you know less chances to have seen it as many times as, as some of the others. Um, it's also one of the least liked, especially of this new set of uh, of stuff. It's you know it's it's on the it's it's toward the bottom for a lot of people. Not for me personally, but for a lot of people it is. Um, however, Andrew showed that it doesn't matter. He can still. Dominate, And he does, destroying the round, getting all five questions, two points apiece, ten total points, just nailed it out of the park. No problems there. All right, ends his portion of the round up eight points, 19 to 11. That's a good place to be, I have to say. Uh, So then it's on to Laura, who spins A New Hope and decides she's going to stay. Classic Star Wars. Can't beat that. It's great stuff. Um gets the first question right, then we move on to question number two. And the question is, who sits next to Luke at the briefing prior to the first Death Star battle? Now, she answers Fake Wedge and in some other name, which I'm assuming is Fake Wedge's real name. But Andrew challenged saying that if you're going by just the films, and not the new canon outside of what is seen in the films, then the answer should be Wedge and Tilly's, and not Fake Wedge. Uh, I mean, Andrew even asks, you know, he, you know, before challenging, he asks, are, you know, is this all of canon, or is this just, the, you know, the, the movies? And Christian says, you know, it's it's the movies. So the judges deliberate. They decide that either answer is acceptable and award her the point. Now, I love Laura. She, she's awesome. However, I 100% disagree with this ruling. Um, as a movie trivia show, these answers should be coming directly from the movies. If it's not in the movie, then it should not be an eligible answer. Um, you know, it's not, this isn't an all-around Star Wars League. And maybe that's where this league is going to end up because they're going to eventually, you know, the questions are going to be really tough. Maybe eventually they're going to start making the Star Wars League an all-encompassing canon type of league. But that's not where it is right now. Right now, this is the movie Trivia Schmodown Star Wars League. So, the fact that they accepted an answer that is not from the movie, it really bothers me because... I feel like in plenty of other situations, if it it was anything else like that, if it was, oh, this uh, was from the book or whatever, if it was something like, say, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter that wasn't in the movies but it was in the book, I guarantee you they would not accept it. But for some weird reason, they decided to accept it. And I don't think that answers like Fake Wedge That if you've never read the books, if all you've done is watch the movies over and over and over again, and that's it. And you don't know any of the other stuff outside of the canon. But you know everything about the movies. You shouldn't be penalized for that. Because this is all about the movies. If I know every single thing about every single Star Wars movie, I shouldn't be at a disadvantage because I don't read the books or the comics because this is supposed to be strictly movie trivia. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I do not agree with, uh, w- with the decision that they made here. But it is what it is. Uh, Laura went on to crush the rest of her categories. Getting all five questions correct. All ten points. Uh, she, she Like I said, she just crushed this. Um, and and she, she's up two points. At the end of this round, even though I think it, uh, personally, it pro- I think it should have been tied. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And, I mean, actually, he probably would have gotten another question He if they had not upheld that, uh, or if they had upheld that challenge. He probably would have gotten another question. Maybe he may have gotten the steal on that. So, he may have been up by two points. Who knows how this all would have shook out. Uh, so then we get into round three. The score is currently 21 to 19 in favor of Laura Kelly. And, the, you know, the round starts off good. They both nailed their two-point questions. Andrew goes on to hit his three. Laura has, this is the first time during this match that a repeat winds up getting used, and she's unable to capitalize on her three-point questions. So it comes down to this. Andrew finally has the opportunity He has the chance to win because she she finally missed a question here. This is the first question that she has missed the entire game and it opens up a door for Andrew to, to be able to possibly get a win. So Laura has to go on and answer her five, which she does. And at this point... It is 28 to 24. If Andrew gets the 5-point question, he wins the game. Now, I'm going to before I talk about what happens here, I am going to say that if the challenge had been upheld and Andrew got a question and was able to answer that question, there would be a 4-point swing toward Andrew and this game would be tied right now this would it, it would be a tie game right at this moment and i am really interested to see i really want to know how this would have all shook out because what happens here it would still come down to this five point question you know if if he gets it he would win the game Unfortunately, he gets saddled with the Clone Wars movie, probably the worst Star Wars theatrically released film uh, to date. And because he's behind, he loses the match. If he had if it had been tied, it would have gone into overtime and who knows what would have happened. You know, Anything could have happened here. But unfortunately for him, that is not the way it went even though I believe that is exactly how it should have went. Uh, so Laura Kelly wins 28-24 and will now go on to play Alex Damon for the title at Spectacular. You know, I'm like, I'm happy that she won. I have no problem with her winning. She's fantastic. I cannot wait to see her duke it out with Alex Damon at Spectacular. It's amazing. But I do kind of feel like the judges screwed Andrew's chances at a win, uh, because, like I said, most likely he would have gotten that, uh, you know, his two-pointer. There's nothing really showing that he wouldn't have. He knew every answer. He knew the answer in round one that he missed. I bet you anything he knew that bonus question, and he knew the answer uh, to her question. And I bet you anything he would have known the answer to whatever other two-point question they would have gave him for the steal. And I mean, I would have loved to have seen it come down to uh, a. Uh, uh, sudden death you know I, I, I think that would have been fantastic but that's not how it went down so like I said we will see Laura Kelly at spectacular and I am really excited for that match um, and I gotta say also at least it was you know yes he flubbed in round one but that actually isn't the thing that sunk him you know missing the five-point question is the biggest thing that sunk him obviously uh, if he had been able to answer that five pointer, boom, he would have gotten it. Getting that extra two points, the only way that it would have made a difference is if the uh, if that challenge had been had been had gone differently. If that challenge had gone differently and he had not flubbed in round one, he would have won this match. You know it's, it, it's, it's just the way it is. But he didn't, so there it is. Uh, So, with that in mind, uh, we are going to take a bit of a break and kind of play some ads so you can hear about some of the other awesome shows that are right here on the Merc with the Movie blog podcast feed. So, I will be right back. Stay tuned. Hello everybody, Jay Wade and Kaylin here to tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal too. We do movie reviews, and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Mark with a movie blog feed and remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. Hey everybody, Sean and Wade here to tell you about our new review show following each episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Dude, yes! Boba Fett! Not exactly, Wade. Set in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. Yeah, Boba Fett. Did you even watch Return of the Jedi? Never mind. Join us here every week on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. <laughs> Thank God Kalen will be here too. I don't think I can handle Wade on my own. Hey, it's Sarah, and I'd like to tell you about Afterlife. It's a weekly Collider Live Aftershow podcast where Mike, Sean, and I give our takes on Roxanne Durant's annex, on Yodi's producing skills, and whatever Cody and Alex are up to in that booth. In addition to having guests, we expand on the crew's discussions and add our own craziness to You can find the show on Miracle and Movie Blog feed on all the podcasting platforms. See you soon! Alright, and welcome back. Uh, please be sure to check out Uh, All those fantastic shows, and we have more coming as well. So be sure to stick around and check out all the shows coming to Merc with a Movie Blog. All right, we're going to get into match number two, and that is Kevin the Smasher Smets versus Chandru the Chosen Don Dapani in an Inner Geekdom number one contender match. The winner will go on to face Mike Kalinowski at Spectacular for the title. So our opening scene, we had Smets and Kaiser in uh, the basement of a Denny's, and they're doing some training. Apparently, Kaiser didn't pay the dungeon's rental fees, uh, which I think is hilarious. I absolutely love that. I love all the stuff that they do. Uh, you know, with the dungeon. Uh, you know, obviously, we've never seen the dungeon, and you know, when they do stuff like this, it really it cracks me up. I I absolutely love it. Uh Smets is ready to destroy Chandru and get and get to his rematch with Mike. He's been holding on to that. You know, yeah, they both only have I believe the one the one loss at this point. But if you look at their losses, Chandru lost his very first match in a triple threat. Whereas Kevin lost against Mike, the current Inner Geekdom champion. You know, Kevin wasn't quite ready, I think, uh, for for that win. But I think he may be ready now. So let's get into everything and see how it all shook out. Uh, but Before we actually get into the actual match, I got to say, Rachel freaking Cushing on the desk. I love this. The former InterGeekdom champion, former teams champion, one of the greatest not just inner geekdom players, but players in general in this league. I am so happy to see her back uh, on the desk. Yes, she retired from play, but seeing her still be involved with the Schmodown somewhat, you know, that that makes me feel really good. Um, I, I loved it when Clark was on the desk, and, and now seeing Rachel, uh, this is now her second uh, match, she did that horror match like I was talking about earlier, and now this one. So I am really happy to see her back, uh, and of course she's there with you know Mark Ellis. He's there too. It's <laughs> but the exciting thing is Rachel the Crusher Cushing there to uh, see over this inner geekdom match. So out first is Chandru dressed as uh, Captain America in a in a costume. A uh, couple sizes probably too small for him uh i don't know looked a little awkward i have to admit followed by kevin smetz with kaiser and eric zipper someone that i feel like we haven't seen in forever uh so that that was cool to see him finally it's been a while and uh with zipper he, he brings out a box uh this box has holes punched in it who the hell knows what's it you know what you know what was gonna be in it Uh, It's like, usually when you see a box with a bunch of holes punching it, there's usually a live animal in there. So I'm just like, the first thing that popped into my head was, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box, man? What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, And it was just a pair of tap shoes. Yep, just a pair of tap shoes. For John Drew to uh, dance his ass away when he loses this match. Pretty brilliant stuff, if I do say so myself. I really thought it was funny. I, I cracked up. Made myself laugh with the whole what's in the box thing. So, As you can tell. So we're going to get into round number one here. Uh, again, just like with that Star Wars match, this was a nail-biter. Just back and forth. These two guys are friggin' beasts, man. Um, unfortunately, neither of them got a perfect round, but they came damn close. Uh, Kevin leads at the end of round one, nine to eight. Real solid round from both these competitors, man. Uh, you couldn't, I mean, other than getting perfect rounds, you can't really ask for much better. It's, it's, it's a damn good round for both of these guys. So we get into round two and Smets spins DCEU, uh, and decides to go away from that and respins and lands, unfortunately, on opponent's Choice and is given the dreaded "Who said it?" That is right. Uh, this is the category I believe that uh, chandru gave Brandon Hannah uh, during their match, and it came back around for Kevin Smets. However, Kevin Smets gotta say he did pretty damn good during this this category, getting four out of five questions right. Uh, seven total points, had to go to multiple choice on one of those. He only missed one uh, and only gave away one point uh, for a steal. So I think all in all, getting stuck with this category, I think he did a damn good job with this, what would normally be a pretty detrimental category for a lot of players. Then Sean Drew goes on and lands, of course, on Spinner's choice. You know, it's one of those things, you know, opponent's choice and spinner's choice. It happens more often than people would think. You know, the odds, say <laughs> I feel like the odds for it are, have to be pretty low for that to happen. But I, it happens way more often than you'd think. Uh, he goes on and crushes his first four questions, uh, but then straight out misses the, uh, the second one. What he does here, he says the incorrect name at first. And then, after a pause, corrected himself. Now, what he should have done is he says the wrong name and then right after corrects himself. But because there was a pause, because the judges didn't say that's correct, he had time to rethink and say, oh, I was wrong, and give the correct answer, which is why when Smets challenged it, it was upheld. I think this was a, a great decision by the judges. Um... They didn't really go into why they decided to uphold it, but my thinking on it is their silence was a cue to him that he was wrong. And it gave him the chance, gave Chan-ju the chance to say a different answer. Even though it was close, he was still wrong in that first answer. And if it, if he had been like if he had said the answer and then right away be like oh wait, no no no, it's it's this. That's different because he wouldn't have gave the judges any time to say whether it was you know right or wrong or whatever. But that pause gave him the knowledge that it was incorrect and the opportunity to change it. So I'm glad that this challenge was upheld. Uh, and then they asked Smets a new question for the steal, which he got. So he got that two-point steal, which uh, was great for him. Uh, it allowed him to re- to remain in lead with that one point, uh, 18 to 17, at the end of round two. Then we get into round number three. Both of them start off strong, getting their two-point questions. Uh, Chandru, unfortunately for him, misses his uh, three-pointer. He missed freaking Billy Zane as the Phantom. How do you not know Billy Zane is the Phantom? Who says Don Cheadle? Come on, man. Don frickin' Cheadle? No, not Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle is frickin' War Machine. Not the Phantom. That's Billy friggin' Zane. Apparently, Sean Drew, not a Zaniac. Billy Zane, he's the man in the Phantom. The movie may not be that great, but I love him in it, nonetheless. So, then he goes on and he, uh, Super, super deep dig for him. He pulls on an answer and hits his five-pointer. And then it is on to Kevin Smets, who gets his three-point question and then needs his five for the win. And what do you know? He nails his five-point question. And Kevin Smets wins the match 28-24, which I think is really funny because 28-24 to 24 was the same score for the Star Wars match that we just talked about. So 28-24, to 24, uh, this, is, this is fantastic. He actually sets a new record for the highest uh, scoring points in an InterGeek to Match with 28 points. Uh, during the post-match interview for Kevin Smets, Mike comes out, says that he's disappointed uh, in what he saw. And I'm like, really, dude? Stop being a pretentious dick. Like, he literally missed two questions. And still set a fucking uh, new points record for the Inner Geekdom League. It's like, dude, calm your tits, brah. You really gotta, you gotta pull it back a little bit. I understand. I love, I love Mike Kalinowski. He is one of the best heels in this league. He is able to switch his character so well from 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 his uh, white bread vanilla pudding days. I guess you know from you know the way people called him. But this seemed a bit much to me. It's like, really? You're going to act like a pretentious, hypocritical kind of dick? Like, really, dude? There are plenty of times where you've screwed the pooch in matches. And this this dude, Kevin Smets, he crushed it here. Just because you don't like the way... uh, Just because you don't like how he plays or that he's getting close to your title come on, man, you're better than that, you're better than this, and if someone else wrote this for you, they should be ashamed, because this was a bit pathetic uh, to me, now, I understand maybe he's trying to get in Kevin's head, but dude, come on, like, really, I don't know, I I felt like that was, I felt disappointed in Mike for this, because he's better than that, even as a heel, he is better than that. Uh, and, and, and and we've seen that in the past. So, I don't know. I, I wasn't a fan. So, uh, we go into an ending scene here. Uh, Christian in the SCN studio. Then Winston Marshall comes in and they uh, he needs to talk. So, they, they, you know they start talking. Winston is still pissed off about everything that went down with Eric Zipper. How he betrayed him and all this stuff. And he wants to destroy Zipper. And his way to do that is to become a manager. And build the greatest team, and just bury all of his enemies, starting with Eric Zipper, Harloff. You know they talk a little bit, and after a bit, he Harloff agrees to this, and so now we have a new manager here. And speaking of managers, uh, I want to get into some stuff. That is the end of all of the matches for the week, and so I want to get into some other stuff now. Uh, speaking of managers, nine of the ten manager spots have been officially announced for the 2020 draft. As we just said, Winston Marshall is one of them. We also have Emma Fife going back to being a manager, of course. Tom Dagnino, Robert Meyer Burnett, Kaiser, Koi Jandro, uh, Ken and Grace as a single unit. They get they get the one spot. Jay Washington and Roxy Strayer. So that leaves one open spot uh, for a manager for this upcoming draft. And I'm curious who you guys think it may be. I've got a few uh, possibilities. You know, we could see see a returning manager, someone like a, like Ricky from from uh, from ETC and all that stuff. We could see something like that. That could be interesting. We could see a Current manager who hasn't been talked about for this draft yet, Jonathan Harris. You know he manages the Evil Geniuses or whatever they're going to be calling themselves now that uh, JTE is out and Simon is in. So it could be Jonathan, or maybe it could be Shannon Barney, Mike uh, Kalinowski's girlfriend, who uh, has been showing up a bit, and she was at the live event, uh, and and kind of. Throwing shade toward Ken and Grace for not being there. It, it, I talked about it last week. It seems like maybe there could be something there for her. Maybe she's going to try and take Mike away from, from, cor- from corru- or I guess, maybe take corruption away from Ken and Grace. I don't know. Or maybe it's someone that we're not even thinking about, you know? Maybe Breanne Chandler will come back and be, be a manager. Maybe... We'll see someone like a Mark Bernardin come in and be a manager. Or maybe like a Gray Drake will come in and be a manager. Who knows? It could be literally anybody. But I would love to hear your guys' thoughts uh, on this. Uh, I'd, so hop on the Twitter, at MovieBlogMerc, hashtag TalkinShmodown, uh, and let me know, uh, what did you think of these two matches, of this uh, the Star Wars match, this Intergeekdom match? What did you think about that? About those? Um, who do you think will be the 10th manager? Who do you think has the best shot at uh, at really building a great team? Who who would you want to be? Whose team would you want to be on? Let me know all this stuff. Hop on to Twitter, like I said, at MovieBlogMerc, or leave me a voice message on Anchor. It's anchor.fm slash MovieBlogMerc. That's, again, anchor.fm slash MovieBlogMerc. Leave me a voice message or tweet at me. Uh, All your thoughts about everything going on this week. Another thing I want to talk about with uh, the team tournament starting this week is the team's tournament bracket. I wanted to give my official predictions for that. And so here we go. First off, uh, we've got the odd couple versus only stupid answers. I have to go with the odd couple. Uh, Jeff and Mark are a fantastic team. Former champs, can't go wrong with that. Uh, next up, Shazam versus The Movie Guys. This one was a little difficult for me because I love Paul Preston. He's fantastic. And it's like, it's hard for me to, to, to root against him, you know? But if I'm going with who I honestly think will win the match, I have to go with Shazam, William Bibiani, and Brendan Meyer. They are just beasts, not you know, no pun intended. I mean, Bibiani has has made his way through the the, the singles tournament. Uh, the kid got pretty darn close. He got taken out by Ben Bateman. He was almost at that finals, but uh, I I think the I think Shazam will definitely take that match. Then we've got Time Machine versus the Scream Queens. I love the Scream Queens, especially Haley unfortunately I think uh Caitlin's a little bit of a weaker player particularly compared to uh, both uh, Janine and Ethan so I'm giving this one to the time machine then we got the looney bin versus the self self-righteous brothers I'm going with looney bin I, I I think video drew has uh and, and whatever partner's name is Todd or whatever the heck it is I, I honestly can't remember but I'm giving it to to, to looney bin that may not happen. That may be the upset of my of my round one. I don't know, but that's who I'm going with. Um, that is all of round one for the left side of the bracket. Um, I'm going to kind of go start. I'm going to just work my left side uh, all the way up to the finals, and then I'll go over to the right side, and we'll kind of go from there. Um, so then for round two of the left side, I've got the Odd Couple versus Shazam. This one... I sat here and battled myself back and forth, back and forth as to who I really think is going to end up taking this match. And I settled on Shazam. And the reason for this is, I like I said, I love The Odd Couple. I, Jeff and Mark are fantastic. However, sometimes both of them kind of get in their own heads about things, is particularly Jeff. And can kind of spiral out of control at times. I think that Shazam has a better hold on that. Um, and so I think I think it's gonna be a fantastic match. I won't be upset if the odd couple, you know, goes on uh, and, and and wins it. I mean, it'll completely destroy my bracket, but that you know, is what it is. but i th- I have a strong feeling that it's going to be Shazam. Moving on to uh, round three of this tournament, and then we have uh, in the second match for uh, round two of the left side of the bracket. It's Ty- I have Time Machine versus the Looney Bin, with uh, Time Machine taking uh, this one. I love video Drew, but I do think that Ethan and Janine are just are just a bit too powerful. Uh, for for what they got going on, and maybe it's because I haven't seen much of th- her partner. They, I think they only had like the one match, so uh, maybe maybe it'll be an upset. I don't know, but uh, I am going with Time Machine, which brings us down to the final uh, match on the left side, and that is Shazam versus Time Machine. And uh, again, I was a little I was a little Hesitant as to who I was going to pick here, but I decided to go with Shazam for a lot of the reasons I've already said. Uh, they are uh, they are a strong, strong team, and I have all the faith in them there. So I have Shazam going into the finals. So then on the right side, we've got Who's the Boss versus Inky and the Brain. Love Inky and the Brain, but they're a bit hit or miss, and so I I went with Who's the Boss. I feel like they are probably a bit stronger of a team. Uh, so that's who I went with. Then we have the Loose Cannons versus Crimson Fury. Uh, again, if you look at you know Stacy Howard, she's very hit or miss. Five hundred player F- Franco, he he's barely around, you know. So I I gave this one to the Loose Cannons, um, who I'm gonna say are going to then obviously go up against who's the boss for the uh, for the next round. And I have uh, loose cans losing to uh, who's the boss in round two. with So, you know, making who's the boss move on to round three. Uh, so the third one in round one, we have the family versus the wild berries. Now, no matter how much I love the wild berries and absolutely love watching them play, I really don't think they have a shot here uh, against Drew McQueenie and, and, and Andrew Guy against the family. So I gave this one hands down to the family. Then we got Evil Geniuses or whatever they're going to be calling themselves versus the Paddington 2. Um, I know that Lon is, is good, but he sometimes he misses some pretty standard questions once in a while, and I have no idea uh, as to how Simon will play in this game. So I went with the known quantity of uh, the Paddington 2, uh, uh, Duralde, and Achety, and so I, I think they're going to be the ones to move on to round two to face off against The Family, but I think that's where it's going to end for the Paddington 2, and I am I have The Family moving on to face off against Who's the Boss in round three with Who's the Boss taking that match. So for the finals, I have Shazam versus Who's the Boss. Two fantastic teams, and it's essentially going to be a rematch of the uh, singles finals where we have William Bibiani. Uh, going up against Ben Bateman at the Spectacular, it's going to be William Bibiani and Ben Bateman again, but in their respective teams. And just like I have predicted for the singles tournament, I have Bibiani coming out on top with Shazam winning the whole tournament. I have uh, I have a, a strong feeling this is Bibiani's year, man. He did fantastic. In the free, like he did amazing, not just fantastic, he did simply amazing in the free for all. And, you know, just pushing his way through the singles tournament. I think he's going to do the same with the teams tournament. This is the year of the bibs. So, like I said, I've got Shazam winning the whole uh, teams tournament. Let me know. Hop on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk and share your brackets. I'd love to see who uh, you guys think is going to take. This whole tournament, the uh, if you're by the time you're watching or by the time you're listening to this, the teams tournament will have started. Uh, Monday uh, is uh, only stupid answers versus uh, the odd couple. Uh, then we've got uh, who do we got? I think we've got uh, oh, it's who's the boss versus Inky and the Brain on Tuesday, and then on Friday it'll be uh, Time Machine versus the Scream Queens. And that's what they're going to be doing. So that that's what's coming up for next week's show. I'll be talking about those three matches. Um, and also coming up soon, we've got more teams matches. We have three teams matches each week leading right up to Spectacular. Monday, Tuesday, Friday of every week leading right up to the Spectacular. Uh, they are just packing each week full of teams matches to get this tournament in. And on December 7th, we have the Schmodown Spectacular. Ben Bateman versus William Bibiani in a number one contender match. Alex Damon versus Laura Kelly in a Star Wars title match. Mike Kalinowski versus Kevin Smets in an Inner Geekdom title match. The Founding Fathers versus the winner of the team's tournament, who I believe will be Shazam uh, for the team's titles. And Paul Oyama versus either Ben Bateman or William Bibiani for the singles title. This is going to be an amazing, amazing show, and it will mark the one-year uh, anniversary for Talkin' Schmodown. I started off, uh, my very first episode of Talkin' Schmodown was for, for last year's, spectacular. Uh, so this is big for me, a big, big moment here for me coming up. I am so excited and so happy that uh, you guys have stuck around this whole time uh, f- to listen to me just ramble on about the Schmodown. You know, it's something that I absolutely love. And being able to talk about it, I know that I have grown uh, as, as a voice. Uh, I've become more confident. And uh, I, I just, I love doing it. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening. So that wraps up everything for this episode. Episode number 36 of talking Schmodown. I, again, am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with Movie Blog. Please be sure to head over to all my social media platforms, Facebook, and uh, YouTube at Merck with the Movie Blog. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Merck. Head over to Anchor. Anchor.fm slash Merck, And listen to all of the podcasts we have over there. Um, please leave me a voice message on Anchor. That would be fantastic. And again, if you are on Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave a five-star review, I will read it aloud on air. So thank you again so much for joining me this week. And as always, we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you next time.